You're listening to Because We're Dangerous, a Dark Matter podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. We're talking about episode eight of Dark Matter. And while we will talk about anything and everything from episode eight, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. First, we will give our quick reviews as well as some listener feedback, and then we'll talk about notable elements and stuff that made us happy in this episode, and we'll conclude by discussing the questions we have after watching. Now, let's get started with our quick reviews. I really liked this episode. I thought it was really nice to see more of Six's story and how he's tracking down the general, and a little bit more of the mystery surrounding one and seeing what he really looks like, because that's still a little confusing to me. And the scene with drunk crew and five reacting to it. Three, in his relationship with food, I think that should be a ship. And, uh, of course, all the five and android scenes were really the best. I think this is maybe my favorite episode of Dark Matter so far. You know, I thought the pacing was good. Lots of stuff happened. All of it was relevant to our crew. We got some good confirmations of things that they'd hinted at in past episodes. Some really nice character moments. And, you know, there was some added intrigue about the android, which is stuff we kind of suspected before, but it's nice to actually have them address it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I agree, Chris. I think this episode is probably my favorite thus far. I think it capitalized the best on the premise of the series of all the episodes we've seen. And we got some interesting reveals, like you said, as well as a lot of really nice character moments for our main characters. And that's really been missing for me. I feel like there hasn't been as much fleshing out of the crew and who they are as people, rather than just these are their secrets. So I thought we had a nice balance of both. Right. And we got a voicemail from Jeff Gentry with his ideas about this episode. Hello, ladies. This is Jeff Gentry, X-Force 11. Here's my crazy theory after seeing this week's episode. They wiped their own memories so that they could have a new start on things. That's my crazy theory, but I love this episode. This season keeps getting better and better with a new character twist and info that we know. I can't wait to see next week's. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for your voicemail, Jeff. I am I, I'm intrigued by your theory that they all chose to wipe their memories, but I'm not 100% sold on it. We'll see. I think the hang-up to me is that all the memories got transferred to five. Right. Mm. So something still has to have gone wrong, I think, if that's the case. But it's still kind of an interesting theory that I haven't thought of, because maybe, you know, they certainly all have reason to, given their backgrounds. Or maybe they're just trying to wipe the slate clean. But yeah, I haven't thought of that theory. No, I mean, I like the idea. It's just... Something still There's still wrong. some something <laughs> yeah. left unresolved with the, the theory is all I'm saying. Technical difficulties occurred. And I guess it, it doesn't quite explain to me how Five got involved, because, I don't know, I guess maybe her past wasn't that great, but it's still a little strange that she's a stowaway on the ship and then somehow she ends up in pods with everybody. So I'm not saying Jeff is wrong. I like the idea, but there are some loose threads that we need to be cleared up for me to be like, yeah, I agree. Right, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Unless maybe Five stowed away in one of the pods, and that's what caused the hiccup that caused the memories to transfer to her. I mean, I don't know. Hmm. That's a we, theory, can, we can work this in. Yeah, I just, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We still have to see how she got out of the airlock, but we're hinted that that's coming, because I asked Joseph Malazzi that on the Periscope last night, and he said we will see how that happens. Good. We also got an email from Erin. She says, was anyone else annoyed by one in the opening when he questioned Two's ability to dock the ship? 
She's the captain, so why wouldn't she know how to pilot the ship? Granted, Android might do it more smoothly, but Two still knows how to fly as well. The reveal of Real One was good. I love the ending explaining why he wanted to join the crew, but it raises questions such as what would he have done if the real Jace was already on board? I definitely was annoyed at One in the beginning when he was questioning that Two could dock the ship. Me too. <laughs> I'm annoyed at One in general. So well, that just answers my question. That. Yeah. But she kicked his ass the first time she saw him and knew how to bring life support back into the ship. Why would he doubt her abilities? She knows how to run the ship. She's been asking the android how to do it. Plus, wasn't there that moment in, was it episode three, I want to say, where they're sending the android out to go fix the ship and they're all like, be sure to come back because we need you. And the android says something along the lines very pointedly to two that like, well, you'd be okay, yeah. or, or that was the implication anyway. Exactly. Though, oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because we also had a hint in this episode that the android knows something about two that maybe she doesn't know, or she isn't telling other people yet. So I'm glad you brought that up. I thought that was about the neck bite. Yes, but thereof. what if they are both the same thing? What if the android already knew in that moment that maybe she can't be injured? Maybe two is some sort of advanced prototype type android with Terminator-like thing with human flesh over her robotic... Uh, I don't know. A cyborg is the yeah, word you're A cyborg, for. thank you. That's what I was looking for. That that was my wild theory for the moment. But if you remember, um, and Joseph Malazzi also referred to this back in episode, I think it was two or three, where two asked the android, can you do something for me? And we never see the end of that scene. And he says, that's going to connect later on. He says it was kind of a, almost a throwaway line, but I was like, no, I remember that line. And I think that's connected to two and the android in that scene and the android implying that she knows more about two, whether it's with the neck bite and that she can heal or something else. Hmm. See, I was assuming that because we saw the scene earlier with the android and five where the android was telling her about all these things that she could do. And that led into the truth detector mm -hmm. or lie detector, truth detector, <laughs> same thing, same idea, but because she can detect all these, you know, physiological vitals. responses, right? Physiological responses. There you go. I assumed that was how she knew about two, but I don't know. This is just me speculating. Yes. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm sure we're going to have some more speculation later on in this episode as well. So let's move into some notable elements of this episode. We got the reveal about one, like Aaron mentioned, and I thought that was done very cleverly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because you knew something was off. Yeah. Because they spend all this time Showing with the clothes. Like, and here are his legs and him unlacing his boots and stuff like that. Except where do those clothes come from if it's a clone and they are all, you know... That's my question, but I assume they call ahead. Yeah, like, I guess incoming. We've got an incoming to the clone pod. <laughs> he wants this size boot and this color, all black. This kind of vest. And where do they yeah. get the guns and skinny pants? Yeah, <laughs> which are still a thing in the future. Uh, yeah. So transfer transit was used again in this episode, both to confirm that one was surgically altered to look like Jace Corso and to allow Six to go after the general, but failed because the general is also a clone. I, I liked that twist, actually. It was pretty solid. Yeah, and it was really smart of Six, obviously, because since he got killed the first time, he could learn from his mistakes, even if he didn't have his memories. So he's pretty smart about that. I thought that was really interesting because when he decided to go back and he went through the entire process again, it's like, this seems poorly thought out. Mm, yeah. 
But then we get to the scene. It's like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I liked that. We got it from the perspective of the people who had attacked him previously. And we saw that they knew it was a second attempt. And we're thinking, oh, no, he's just Mm going to be a sitting duck. But he wasn't. Mm -hmm. Because even though he didn't know exactly what happened, he still was able to, you know, assess the situation accordingly. Which, good job, Six. Mm -hmm. When the episode started, I was a little uncertain, though, if what we were seeing was the past or the present. Uh, Mm. At first, I thought it might be a memory. No, I was pretty sure it was, well, because I suspected because of the promos, I was like, oh, I'm pretty I sure don't it's watch clone. the promos. Uh. See, I'd seen the promo too, and I wish they wouldn't have shown what they showed in the promo, because they showed the the melting, like, disintegrating oh, really? body. I didn't know that. It was like a, like a, like a buffy vampire just oh. going, poof. And I was like, oh, well, clearly that must be one of the transfer transit clones. Right. <laughs> because they'd established that in a previous episode, so. Well, I just knew from the synopsis that it was going to have involved transfer transit. Um. See, and this is why I don't read the synopsis. I don't watch the promos because they often will give away important pieces of the plot line. And I just think I enjoy it so much more when I don't know that stuff is coming. Mm-hmm. But I just thought the way they used the transfer transit reappearance was was quite clever. I will forgive them the kind of obvious exposition-y commercial that they included earlier in the series because I thought the way that they used it here was very good. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But we also saw in this episode that made me very sad. We saw some distancing between six and five. Mm. Which is so sad because last episode was the whole exchange about... Oh, I know I can trust you now. I know. You're the only one I can trust. Do you think that's why he's distancing himself from Five? That he feels like she has overestimated him and he feels badly? I mean, that in conjunction with what he learned in the last episode. You know, I I think if he hadn't learned that, he would have been more okay or or less likely to distance himself like he has. Because clearly this has thrown his sense of self. Yeah, because I was trying to figure out why he was doing that. And, yeah, it made me sad. In his whole mission to go after the general, like, he fully intended to execute the general Mm -hmm. and, you know, would have if the general wasn't also a clone. So I think he, it's come home that he's actually that kind of guy who would murder someone. So I think. Yeah, that was a little disconcerting for me where he talks to the general about how he duped him into being responsible for all these deaths, even if he didn't know about it, and then kills the general in revenge. And then, you know, so I was a little relieved that the general was a clone, but still, it was uh, unnerving for me to see Six, as you say, really be that kind of guy. Well, I think what we saw from him here is similar to what we saw in his memory, that even though he's using violence against these people, I think he believes that it's the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. because this is a movement that is willing to kill thousands of innocent people to make their point, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want that type of movement to exist. So I wasn't surprised, nor was I particularly unnerved by his willingness to kill the general, because we saw how disgusted and angry he was when he realized what had happened. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's basically sort of that whole thing of like, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler, would you do it? I mean, that's sort of easiest comparison to the situation. Yeah. Or most commonly referenced. Well, I, I keep going back to that line that he says too earlier, you know, five doesn't belong here. We're bad people. And now it's just we're seeing that. 
But I think it's especially tough to see Six distancing himself from Five because who were the people who were looking after Five in the beginning? It was Six and Two. Mm -hmm. And Five and Two aren't exactly on the best terms now either. Mm -hmm. So it just, it made me so sad when Five walked away by herself after inviting him to go to the movies at the end of the episode. I know. It's just Five and Android, I guess. Now I'm sad again. I know. Thanks a lot, Stephanie. Sorry. (laughs) So I did not do a Hoye update last week. So I will this episode. And Stephanie, please explain what a Hoye is for people, because I keep thinking it's some kind of rally cry. didn't know what Hoye is. I don't know what Hoye is. It is short for homoeroticism. Yay! Thank you. It's basically when you notice some sort of homoerotic subtext between two characters, and as Urban Dictionary put it, it creates a sense of glee in the viewer. So... (laughs) (laughs) So basically, this is me pretending that three has a crush on one. So one and three... They had a bump in their relationship last week, but if you'll remember, three assured one that love means never having to say you're sorry. When was this? At the end of the episode, when one tries to be like, it's my fault that she died. And he, and three says to him, you know, did you give her an incurable disease? Did you do this? Did you this? And one says, no. And three says, then why are we talking? Uh (laughs) And walks away. Love means never having to say you're sorry, Annie. Three says, then why are we talking? And Stephanie hears, I love you. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> not really. Not really. This is me just I'm having teasing. some fun. But did you see the meaningful glances Three was giving mo- one at the mess hall I at the end of this episode? I did not, but I will look again. You did not? But but Three was all like, you know, get it off your chest now. I forget what he says, but he kind oh, of like that, pats that, the table yeah. at one. And he can't look very closely. He keeps glancing at one. Oh, my God, And they're God, sitting Stephanie. next to each other. All I'm saying. <laughs> You need to write your fanfic and get it out. You really do. <laughs> oh, honestly, I'm just having fun with it. Like, I know. I'm making it up for the sake of making it up and having fun with it. But so that's my ho yay report for this episode. Oh yay. I just I like that term now. Okay. I need to make myself a little theme song, I think. I think you should. Speaking of reports. Does GNN only have that one anchor? Does she yes. read all the news ever? She's probably an Android maybe, herself. Maybe she's an Android, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Probably you have Androids who can read the news in the future. They don't need any bathroom breaks. They can just keep Sit going. Sit there and keep reading the news. And uh, is she always wearing the same outfit? Yes. Yeah, it's definitely an Android, I think. Android. Yeah. Android. Called it. Okay. But I love, every time I see a GNN now, I giggle. But now I'm going to giggle even more just because Android... Shall we talk about stuff that made us happy? Go for it. Okay. Two words. Drunk crew. Yes. I I did like when Five walked up and was like, what's wrong with you? You're all getting along. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Just turn the Raza into a a party ship. Because that was actually pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. And three being all chummy. Three for me, at least I know y'all have not liked three as much as I have in the past, but three for me this episode was back to being kind of the lovable jerk face that he was in the beginning of the series. Like, I'm not saying the guy's a great guy. He's a jerk, but I find him entertaining. He's funny to me. I liked him better as a lovable jerk this time because I think we've got, now we've got like depth to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, now I can feel compassion towards him. So I don't know. That makes it better. Well, I really love the scene. Between three and four, when it's four out of all people that tries to convince him to leave the ship. And three's like, I'm just going to sit here and clean my guns and clean my guns. 
And four, you know, convinces him to leave. You're like, oh, three's still grieving over Sarah. So I like that last week's episode built a backstory for him and made me feel compassion for him. And that he's still mm-hmm. such a lovable jerk face who really loves mealworm burgers, which sound gross to me. And Chris and I don't really understand why people of the future would be grossed out by mealworm burgers. Yeah, doesn't make sense to me. No, they'll eat the gross tasting protein bars, but they won't eat good tasting mealworm burgers. I don't get it. I just I don't understand why mealworms would still be considered weird cuisine that far in the future. If because I it's mean, chopped up worms in your food. I mean, I can imagine seeing all these little chopped up worms in my burger ground. It's just gross. But they couldn't tell what it was until she told them. Well, you notice that everybody still paused and there was dead silence around the table. So clearly not everybody of the future loves mealworms. But that's what I'm saying is weird. <laughs> that's my problem, Annie. As a person who is a bug phobic person in general, I don't think it's weird. Mealworms aren't bugs. They're worms. Bugs, worms, stuff that lives in the Larvae. ground that is just nasty. I, it can do its thing in nature and stay away from me, but I don't want to eat bugs or worms. But it's it's a common food source in other parts of the world right now. It's not a common food source where I am. So, you. No, I know. I'm not saying you have to eat them, Annie. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think it's weird that in the future where apparently such things would be important, like good sources of protein and whatnot... Like, why would they still have a problem with it? It doesn't make sense to to me. But I do love that three kept eating. But going back to what Annie was saying, I really like the dynamic between four and three. I liked it when they paired them up in episode three, when they were working together against the rest of the crew. I liked them here. I much prefer them as an interesting pairing than three and one. Please keep four and three together. Yeah, I like it when you have different parts of the crew together that haven't been together much anymore. Yes. Though three can keep making eyes at one. That's fine. (laughs) But four has staked his claim on one. (laughs) Yes, and that was one of the things that just had me dying laughing in his very deadpan, yes, we're a couple. Well, I loved how practical he was about, is there a discount? (laughs) (laughs) And then he, like, shot a glance at one, like, like, shut up about it. Yeah. We're we're getting this discount, damn (laughs) it. Okay, well, my question is, why didn't they have a double transfer transit and they would both go in together? That's what a couple would do. Like, a double wide, looks like a tanning bed. You know? (laughs) Because that would probably mess up the uh, genetic transfer or whatever. I guess. You'd get two DNA readings that way, I would guess. You'd end up with a chimera clone. Wouldn't that be interesting? Speaking of their transfer transit experience, I did really like the no-nonsense woman Especially by the time she was dealing with four and one, because when they tried to pull the same trick of like, haven't you ever wanted to go against the man? She was just like, really, guys? Yeah. (laughs) You mean the big company that (laughs) and repeats the whole thing. But it's interesting that when uh, you first see six in there, I'm like, oh, I guess everybody's practically naked when they do transfer transit. Oh, my. Look at Roger Cross's six pack. (laughs) And I was not the only one saying that. There were many ding, ding, dings on Twitter about that. I wasn't going to say anything, but I did appreciate the six search shirtlessness, yeah. I will say. I was going to say. See, I tweeted, I tweeted during our live tweet about the, uh, like, nice legs, Dark Matter cast. Yeah, they do have nice legs. Yeah. Huh? yeah. We didn't get to see four in his skivvies, though, did we? No, I would have I liked so. to have preferred to see him in his skivvies as opposed to one skinny legs. He doesn't have skinny legs. When we were talking about skinny jeans, he's got skinny legs. He does not have skinny legs. He has super muscly thighs. Oh, that's thighs. Right, right. That's right. We were talking about his thighs earlier. Yeah. <laughs> skinny jeans does not mean skinny that's legs. That's right. That's right. They're just tight pants. That's all it is. 
Oh, speaking of other times when I found three very delightful, I liked when he was cursing Six for hoarding the less crappy protein bars. <laughs> and I had a feeling that Six would be doing that, considering that they were mentioned earlier. Yep. And I forget what, but I just, I like when he makes that suggestion about his password being something like, you know, I'm a hoarding jerk face or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Why would someone say, oh, his password is Six? How obvious can you be? That's just a bad <laughs> password. Yes. That is a terrible password. Three letters, your own name, terrible password. No. Oh, another moment I really, really liked. Two being all defensive or, or, you know, acting in a defensive way. When one decided, one is such a dumbass, he decides that a sneak attack hug <laughs> is a good idea. <laughs> Why a would woman you think who a sneak his attack ass. anything is a good idea? Exactly. <laughs> directed towards two. It's just not, <sighs> you idiot. Jeez. It was nice to see that even though they slept together last week, that they definitely were not a lovey-dovey couple this week. But I liked Two's response to one, like, do I look like a person who would enjoy a surprise hug? (laughs) And I feel mean, but probably that that moment, and then when the transit woman, the transfer transit woman, was trying to close one in the pod against his protestations, probably my favorite moments of the episode. I'm sorry, I just don't care for one. Well, like, she just decides that she doesn't want to listen to it anymore. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to pretend I don't hear you. Come on, don't be such a wuss. Don't be such a wimp. Come on. Because I don't know that it even occurred to him that he would come out the other side looking differently. Like, if that was a concern of his, I could see it. But I think he was just being a wimp. Mm -hmm. He was. He was. Well, because I think think three got in his head with Mm -hmm. the concerns before. Yeah. One tidbit that made me happy. Star Wars 36. It's a classic. (laughs) Remastered in IV, whatever. You know, whatever. It's like. VR. VR, excuse Oh. IV. Sorry. In your vein in there somewhere. They pump liquids into your veins and it just yeah. it increases the experience somehow. No, they just pump endorphins into your veins. It makes the movie yeah, watching no, no, experience even better. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> VR. But, yeah, the, the way the Star Wars universe is going these days, I totally, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, me too. <laughs> What's even maybe sadder about me is that I was actually really excited at that prospect. Star Wars 36? Yeah. I had the opposite direction, uh, reaction. I was like, ugh. Why not, am I not surprised? Not 30 of them. But if you don't watch them, then what's it matter to you, Stephanie? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was another moment that I really liked. I did like that scene where two was saying, we need to not keep secrets from each other, even though she was keeping her own secret. You know, we need to work together. This is probably what people intended when they wiped our memories, is that it would keep us apart. And I, I did like that scene a whole lot. Well, it's like, with all these secrets revealed, it's like, this is the time when they're least likely to trust each other when she's making this point. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, one other thing that I really liked. Five, giving the android a hug of congratulations on oh. having feelings. See, and you notice oh. how that was... Like, awkward hug, because, you know, she's an android. She's not going to respond with total feelings and give her a hug back. But that is what I call adorkable awkward. There are no awkward turtles here. It's just adorable and adorkable. That's what I mean when, I, when I'm when i talking about endearing awkward, as opposed to just awkward, awkward one. That, Painfully awkward. Yeah, that just makes... Awkwardly awkward. That just makes me want to fast forward. I thought the scenes with the android were really good. We have the android is a character who doesn't communicate with words all that well. We have to see a lot of what's going on for her through her facial expressions. And I thought Zoe Palmer did a good job with the material. Yeah. And then with most of the plot being focused on six and 
the crew going after him, I was like, oh, the android's just going to be repairing. She's not going to be in this episode at all. But it was a nice couple of scenes where Five blames herself for the android getting hurt, and it leads into this really nice conversation between them. The Five and the android scenes, it's such a nice relationship that's building, and ironically, it seems now the android might be the only one that Five can trust who's not human. But she certainly is something different with feeling some feeling some sort of emotions or feelings, even if the android herself can't process it. And I think that's really neat to see. So moving into questions, I think there were a lot of things that were revealed in this episode, but I think it leaves us at a point is of where does the crew go from here with so many secrets revealed? Will they be able to do like two said and overcome things and work together as a group? Or does this just put them even more fractured than they were before. Yeah, I don't know if they'll trust any each other now. It's really... It's like right when she's making that point is the point when they're just like, so not trusting each other, despite all the ships that we have in our head. We've also got the question, will Six go after the general again? Yeah, what does he do now? What, well, I still have a question about two, not just when is she going to tell the crew about whatever her secret is, but I feel like it's more than just her healing abilities. Because again, she asked the android to do something for her back in episode three or so, and we don't know what that was. And that was before she even got attacked by the, you know, infected crew members. So maybe she was asking the android to make her something that would make her heal faster. I don't know. But why would she want that? Maybe she's a cyborg. Who knows? She was surprised by the fact that she healed so quickly, so I doubt that it was something she requested that the android do. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to finding out Two's backstory, because it's the only person we don't have backstory on now. (sighs) Hurry up, Two background, because I want to know what's going on. Yeah, I guess she really is the only one we don't have anything. Well, and the android. Yeah. And then we see Four contacting his brother at the end of this one. What will come out of that is he doesn't seem particularly concerned that they might track his location from that call, though maybe he should have been. Yeah. And... Why did he contact his brother exactly? Yeah, and why now? It's like, what is what decision has he come to following the revelations that Five gave him? Yeah, because you'd think they would at least have the location of the space station, since it seemed to be calling through the space station system, right? Yes. Did anybody else think that space station logo looked like it said vegan? No, I did not see the space station logo, but I will look it, for it, it was next a, time. Like a Vega V. Whenever it popped up, I kept thinking it's like saying vegan. <laughs> we anyway. are vegan only. Spa- Wait a minute. Can't but be clearly vegan they're not because they're I eating gonna say. Worms, So not a vegan space station. False advertising space Maybe station. Maybe it should be a vegan space station. Then they wouldn't serve gross mealworms. I am pretty sure it was a V and not an N. I was thinking about the space station because like, that space station was so much more suburban. <laughs> It looked like a mall. <laughs> exactly. Like, they are walking into the mall that I used to go to when I was a kid. The Mall of America Space Station. It's like the Galleria. <laughs> yeah, the one that we went to before seemed a lot more open marketplace, kind of, uh, I don't know, not urban, that's not right. But it, 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 yeah, it did not look like a mall from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was very much like a farmer's market kind of a vibe to it or, you know. Yeah, kind of like a Chinatown, I think is maybe what they were going for, because they had all those colorful lanterns in the background, too. Mm-hmm. But apparently the 80s the 80s mall still exists 200 years in the future. <laughs> I'm surprised they weren't playing Robin Sparkles over the speaker <laughs> system rather than dubstep. <laughs> oh, dear. 
So obviously the big reveal of this episode was about one and why he probably infiltrated the crew, because his true identity, Derek Moss, his wife was apparently killed by three. And so now, of course, there's the question of what is he going to do with that information? Well, would he still want to avenge his wife if he can't remember her? Exactly. Plus there's the question of was it really three who killed her? Since we've seen that happen a lot where it's circumstances are not what they seem, so. Well, yeah, I mean, we see all their crimes at the beginning of the series and what they're accused of, but how many have they done? Because I think we know from what we've seen about Six's past, at least, that while he might have done those things, he was doing them in a civil disobedience, anti-government type of way. So while I'm not saying that makes him a great person, it's different than just somebody who goes around killing people indiscriminately. Yeah. And the big thing that he's accused of is something he didn't intend to do, mm -hmm. so. Right. And then, of course, four, we learned, didn't actually kill his brother. Though he did kill people on his way out. Yes. Yes, he did. You know, nobody's innocent, but nobody's been guilty exactly of the things that they were accused of, so. Yeah. Like, the Galactic Authority has their charges and what they're guilty of, and then there's the real story that we're seeing when we see their backgrounds come up. My question is the same thing about three. I mean, he seems to be, you know, how much of a, you know, cold-hearted killer is he? He's more of an opportunist and just wants a payday, it seems. That kind of guy, instead of just indiscriminately murdering people left and right. It's true. He has been shown to be a mercenary more than anything. Mm -hmm. So, And I think beyond the question of will one want to avenge his wife even though he can't remember her? Another question will be, will one feel like it's justice to kill three even though three can't remember what he did? Will he still think that, oh, this is the same person? Or does the fact that he's had his memory wiped mean he's someone different? And I think that's a question that you have at the heart of the series is, what does it mean that they can't remember their pasts now? Are they still those same people? Yeah. And it was a really, I thought it was a really nice moment when four acknowledged to three earlier in the episode, you saved all our lives. And that's, I think, really big coming from Four, because he's such a quiet guy to acknowledge that. And it's true. They've all saved each other's lives at multiple points, or they've had this kind of journey they've gone on through the series so far where they've been in really high crisis situations, and they've had to defend one another. So how does that build their relationship from when they lost their memories to what they know now? And how will that influence what one decides to do, or Derek Moss? It might be interesting, too, like, what happens if they start to get any of their memories back? Mm -hmm. How does that affect things? Since, you know, there's been all this progress with them not knowing who they were before. What influence will that have, if it happens? And how much more will Five remember that might influence them? And we still don't know how Five got all the memories. The point being, I guess, that things could get very, very complicated. Yeah, I think the series is doing a nice job so far of finally answering all the questions, but making it more complicated as it goes. So I'm looking forward to, like, the. I think the overall tension is kind of ramping up pretty nicely, seeing where all these threads are going with everybody's backgrounds. This episode in particular, I thought, did a good job of unraveling more of the mystery that is at the heart of the show. I agree. But still, I'm, I'm, I'm so overcomplicating the whole one and Jace Corso thing. So one was surgically altered to look like Jace Corso, but what's the whole Jace Corso thread that we have hanging here? You know, he's still out there somewhere. And what is he doing? And what does he have to do with Araza? And why did one pick Jace Corso to alter himself to look like? Probably the closest to his own appearance. I guess. Well, because look at the rest of the crew. Mm -hmm. Who else would he alter himself to look like? 
It's true. Because he's after three, mm-hmm. allegedly. I mean, that would that's what we're supposed to assume at this point. Yeah. And three's the only other, white you guy. know, white dude, right? Thank you to Jeff and to Aaron for sending in their feedback. We would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Send us your feedback to darkmatter at askgenretv.com. Leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223, or you can record a voice memo with your smartphone and email it to us. We live tweet on Fridays during both the East and West Coast airings of Dark Matter in the U.S. and Canada. Follow us on Twitter at DarkMatterPod to join in. We're also on Tumblr as DarkMatterPod. And Chris and I eat mealworm burgers, and he prefers quinoa, because we're dangerous. Thanks for listening. And Chris and I eat mealworm burgers, and he prefers quinoa, oh. because we're dangerous. <laughs> and he does not prefer quinoa, I do not apparently. Hate quinoa looks like rice with hair. Quinoa, that's even scarier. Give me the mealworms, please! Uh. <laughs>